0: Two weeks ago, I talked to you about the importance of the hour, as I've been preparing us for 2019, and uh, of course, it's, it's not just for 2019, but it's preparing life, and that while the world is in a crisis, there's something else that the crisis in the world is telling us, and that is that Jesus is coming. Get ready. Now, he might come with the sound of the trumpet, or he just might call your number. So, that is why we started last week about a New Year's resolution that all of us need to make. We feel it's a very paramount to the kingdom, Christians, and, you know, for the dynamic success of our lives. That is the New Year's resolution of forgiveness. Forgiveness. That we forgive because we have been forgiven. That we do not hold Wrongs against someone, rather, we have a heart and attitude and a lifestyle of forgiveness. Because God in Christ has forgiven us. Amen? Amen. So, uh, how many made that resolution? Thank you, Jody. Thank you, Brian. Amen. How many, when you made it, did it help when somebody bugged you? (laughs) Or did the same thing? I tell you, it's a beautiful thing to know that when you fail God, he doesn't bring up yesterday's fails. You just get to deal with the failure at the moment. Praise God. Hallelujah. So that New Year's resolution of of living life, you know, forgiving, even as God does for us. And so in keeping then with not only the Billy Graham thing, which we have talked about, but the subject matter today is grace ambassadors. Grace ambassadors, the grace of God for the exploits, the great exploits of of the Lord Jesus Christ in the world. It's good to see Sam here this morning. God bless you, Sam, your family. Amen. Amen. So let us take our, our scriptures quickly. That just kind of give you an overview and we'll try to, to preach and tie them. And I will pour out on the house of David, on the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the spirit of grace. That's the thing that I want you to notice right there is called the spirit of grace. And he said, I'm going to pour it out. And supplication, then they will look on me whom they have pierced. Yes, they will mourn for him as one who mourns for his only son and grieve for him as one who grieves for a son. So he answered and said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Where are you, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain, and you shall bring forth the capstone, that is the finalization and the finishing of it, with shouts of grace, grace to it. May the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, established, strengthen, and settle you. Notice the God of all grace. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, and great grace was upon them all. Now, thanks be unto God who always leads us in triumph in Christ, and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. For we are to God, the fragrance of Christ, among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. For I will pour water on him who is thirsty and floods on the dry ground. And I will pour my spirit on your descendants and my blessings on your offspring. They will spring up among the grass like willows by the water courses. Thank you for the reading of the word. May the Lord bless it to to our hearts. In a world of deception, distractions, God invites us to breathe a different air. To discover that there's an overflow supply of his wisdom, his goodness, and his truth in the power of his spirit. Truth that provides a solid foundation that does not shift in time. In grace that supplies continually the rivers of refreshing, cleansing, and life giving strength. That our lives are filled with this replenishing reservoir of God's grace and God's truth. According to John chapter 1, that Jesus is that supply person, and the Holy Spirit is that spirit of grace. John 1:16, 16, and of his fullness, we have received, and grace for grace. Amen. That Holy Spirit, the power and the ability of God flowing and operating, operating in people just like you and I. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 29 also references the spirit of grace, a grace that you can't live without, but you can't purchase it and you can't earn it. It only comes by a means of gift, but you must receive it. It reaches where you are, and it takes you where God wants you to go. Our main passage of Scripture, Acts chapter 4, verse 33, And great grace was upon them all. Great grace was upon them all. Grace, of course, means far more than what we can put in words. But Peter said this, may the God of all grace. He's saying that he is the source or the home or the supply of grace. All of his manifestations, revelations come from, by the God of all grace. No, grace isn't merely something God dishes out once in a while. No, grace is the very nature of God. An inexhaustible supply of good gifts, And all those gifts are more than adequate for every conceivable need that you and I ever encounter. A grace that's active, present, transformative, and obedience-enabling. Yes, this grace includes salvation, spiritual gifts, health, family, finances, and friends. Fact is when Peter gives us the word in First Peter chapter five, it reveals some elements of grace. You discover it's the grace of forgiveness, the grace of acceptance, the grace of God's presence, the grace of God's enablement, the grace of freedom, and the grace of completion. Oh, hallelujah. Thank God for his grace. Not one grace only, but all grace. As a church, we are ambassadors of grace. We are messengers. And as we discover this, growing in grace, as Peter said... Growth in the spirit. This wonderfulness of grace that finds goodness in everything. Finds beauty in everything. And takes ugliness and makes it beautiful. The grace of God. There are two aspects that we'll reference at this moment regarding grace. Remember Peter said, the God of all Grace. Grow in grace. Well, number one, your legal position of grace in your life, which is your spirit man, cannot be improved upon. It cannot be improved upon. It is finished, it is written, it is legislative. We have been endued with his righteousness in the columns of God's book. But there is a grace that is and has to do with our living conditions. It has to do with your body and your soul. And then when the writer said to work out your soul salvation... He's not saying you need to go back to the drawing board. You know what I mean? To see to it that you are saved, but that your soul and your spirit follow up and become like the Savior who has saved you. Amen? Amen. Praise God. So, you know, we possess God's very own righteousness, but we can improve on upon are living in the power of his grace. Your body and your soul. You can grow in righteousness progressively in your mind. You You can be renewed in your behavior and be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. You can actually receive grace for living Grace for living. And so that's where we're going this morning as ambassadors of grace. As you grow downward in humility, you will grow upward in fellowship. For it says, God gives grace to the humble but the proud he knows uh, far off. Amen? There is something about clean hearts that attracts the rays of the Holy Spirit. The Scripture says in Genesis that the world was corrupt. The world was, yeah. And yet there was a man who was righteous and perfect that drew the rays of the Holy Spirit. And Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. I think another good example of drawing the rays of the Holy Spirit is Mary. as She was chosen among from among The women to be the mother of Jesus Christ. We're ambassadors of grace. The influence of the Holy Spirit in our lives does some amazing things. It helps us to believe God's word, it gives us hope in His mercy, it causes us to rejoice in His goodness. Causes us to cleave to his cause, walk in his ways, love his truth, his people and him. And it makes holiness something that is happy, and duties that are pleasant. And when we're out of touch with the Holy Spirit, doubt and fear begin to have its day. We fret and pine over life, the things of life. We kick and we rebel. Yes, but grace wants to come into your life and drown your fears. The grace of God, that's sufficient. Amen. When we walk by grace, we walk into our future. When God appeared to Abraham, he said, I want you to leave and I want you to walk. The future of grace in his life was in his walk. Had he stayed in his homeland, the grace that was in his future, he would have never embraced. Because grace is for your day. Grace is for your hour. It was Naomi who left her past and walked into her future. Future grace. Amen. This grace permits the challenges, but it also provides the power to meet the challenges. It was Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16 that says there is a throne of grace, but you must come to find that grace in that time of your need. (coughs) Amen? It is true that while grace does not cost you you must come to the supply room and lay hold of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you have received grace in your life, and I'm presuming you have today, as fact is, all of the world is under grace. All the good that you see whether it's by whatever the title is over the organization or the individual that is doing it, it is an indication of God's grace. You may look at the individual and wonder how could grace be you know, in and from someone like that whose lifestyle doesn't seem to measure up. But well, that's what we're known as that common grace for God get, rains, rain on the just and the unjust alike. When we feed the poor, and it doesn't come through the institutions of the church, that is still the grace of God in the world today. So as you look around, the grace of God, you know, is active and is flourishing. And as receivers of grace, as containers of grace, we are also supposed to be dispensers of grace. Conduits. Jesus Christ was a conduit of God's grace. Bringing it into the human realm so that we too can be likewise. Ephesians chapter 4 says this, Each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Today, as we are looking to the forward here in this Billy Graham giving us tools and keys, it's becoming more than a container of grace. It is becoming a conduit of grace. It is bringing grace that you have experienced and letting it shine before other people. You see, our lives must be monuments of grace. And our lips must be mouthpieces of grace. That's why we started last week about our resolution will always be forgiveness. Forgive, why? Because we have been forgiven. Amen? Hallelujah. See, grace is not so much present that we're supposed to create an irrefutable argument regarding it, but we're to produce an irresistible imp- Jesus Christ was full of grace and truth. And I read the scripture from 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. Now thanks be to God, who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us, diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ, oh, hallelujah, among wherever you and I are at. Whatever the encounter of others, whether it is saved people or lost people, you need to light the candle of fragrance of the grace of God. My wife loves candles. (laughs) And we light candles just to get rid of bad smells. (laughs) And that's what the grace of God will do. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) You know that smelly you, that unforgiveness. Those fleshly elements that wrestle with. You light the candle of grace and it'll begin to infuse itself. And, you know, they won't smell you, they will smell the grace of the Holy Spirit. Give the Lord a praise today. Amen. it? it, He infuses, he brings the fragrance, the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. You know what? We really need it among the saved because there's more problem with the saved than there is in our relationship with the world. We get along better with the world than we do with one another. It's not in this church, I know that, but... (laughs) The church is general... Yeah, take a look at Paul's writings. Ah, oh, he addresses them. Man, you guys, you know, you guys shouldn't be doing this. There shouldn't be this kind of division. You shouldn't be, you should be getting along. It's harder to get along with those that are close to you than those that are distant from you. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Jesus said, by this should all men know my disciples because you get along. Because there's a there's a there's a, a grace, there's a forgiveness, there's a resolution that you're living by on a daily daily basis. Amen. An irresistible impression, not just a irrefutable argument. I read quite a lot. And it's amazing how many people are trying to get a, an argument rather than leave an impression. We are called to be those conduits of grace. In fact, is, Titus says this, We are called to adorn this doctrine of Christ and grace, not simply defend it. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. What is he saying? He says our daily conduct cannot contradict what we say and believe. Let your light so shine among men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. You are a light. Amen. We need to be a good advertisement for the kingdom. Now, the kingdom is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. The Most exciting people on the face of the earth needs to be the kingdom people. People that got their life together the most should be the kingdom people. Yes, yes. The message of our actions what does it convey? The power of this grace that turns bitterness to blessedness and emptiness into fullness. Peter in 1 Peter 4:10 As you have received the gift minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. It is God that's to be on display. It is God, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the wonderful Holy Spirit that we are to help people see and feel. Grace, each one of us. Is a manager of grace, a manager of grace. That didn't vine enablement of the Holy Spirit. That's able to make witnesses out of weaklings. When the disciples, that spirit of grace was poured out upon them they went from hiding in an upper room to you know a moment of grand display (laughs) that began to draw the attention of the whole world that was present in that time frame And it has went on for years, even thousands of years. Yes. This grace, when it's poured out, does some amazing things. And great grace was upon the church. Let me show you a few things that happened when grace actually hit the church in an extra measure. In Acts chapter 4, you will find the support of all of these. First of all, it brings fellowship instead of factions it says that they were all of one heart and one soul. Think about it. Yes. From Acts chapter 4, we discover that when great grace hits us, our devotion to Jesus Christ becomes greater than our devotion to ourselves and to the world. Humility is more important than our greatness. The bond between us, as Laura pointed out in her you know, invitation to be part of this fellowship, becomes more important than our possessions. Their love for one another Was more important than the love for themselves. All when great grace fell upon the church. The beauty also of grace on us is it produces growth without gimmicks. There are many ways to grow. But there's only one that's backed by the Lord himself. That is when we have grace. That empowerment, enablement. Hang on. When grace Really captures our hearts. Wealth and resources are viewed differently. Same chapter. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own. Grace. Bring sacrificial generosity. Yes, Amen. there wasn't anybody among them who lacked. Somebody give the Lord a Lord of praise. I'll tell you what. You know, grace! Grace! Hallelujah! Yes. What is so beautiful about when grace lands that when it lands on affliction and poverty, abundance of joy and provision is the generality of it all. Yes. Hallelujah. Grace. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Paul writes and says, I make known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and the deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. They didn't have much in terms of possessions, but they had an abundance because of the grace of God's joy. Yes, because of grace. You and I do not have to be hindered by what we don't have. 2 Corinthians. My God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory. My God is able to make all grace abound toward you. Think about it. Yes. Zerubbabel, as I mentioned previously, he said this, I don't have the manpower. I don't have the resources. I don't have the means to do what God has called me to do. In this case, it was to rebuild the temple. Simply saying, he said, I don't have the money. I don't have the labor laborers. I don't have the infrastructure to do it. I don't have what I need naturally to do what God has called me to do. God's response Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And it shall be brought forth with the capstones of grace, grace, with shouts of grace. How did it turn out? The number might, number power, but by my spirit turned out to be the resources, the manpower, and the staff by which to get it done. It is not merely something that hovers over in the horizon, uh, that's just a great feeling in our lives. Now, Grace is a dynamic, real provision in the real world. As my musicians come this morning, as believers in 2019, let us give the world a front row seat to the grace of God. Give your kids your community, your workplace, a front row seat to the grace of God by your life. Amen? Hallelujah. Paul wrote to the Colossians and he's commending them. He says, I give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ Christ praying always for you since we have heard of your faith and your love for the saints, which has come to you as it has to all the world. Remember, the story of the birth of Christ. It says, as it was published abroad. That's what's happened here. That the evidence of the dynamics of grace, that which James talks about, he says, you show me your faith, and I'll, without works, and I'll show you my faith by My works. The work of grace. It's not your works, but it's the work of grace. Hallelujah. When Jesus, on that mountaintop with his disciples, as he's just about ready to ascend into the heavens... He gives them the last word and he says, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Therefore, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. The gospel of grace. A grace that not only will take care of your legal standing, but will take care of your condition living. Paul said, I am what I am because of the grace of the Lord. Yes. We could go on and on. There comes a time According to the psalmist, while grace is everywhere, while grace is always active, there can come a time when it is a set time. I believe, while we've been under grace, experienced grace, I believe that 2019 is set aside as a time for the set grace of God. It says in Psalms 102, you will arise and have mercy on Zion for the time to favor her has come. Yes, the set time has come. And then, amen, give the Lord a praise this morning. Yes, and then he says... For this shall be written for the generation to come. A people yet to be created that they may praise the Lord. Just what if this is your greatest hour? What if this is the church's set time? What if this is Bible Center's year? that God has marked on his calendar when he favors her with great grace. Absolutely. See, divine favor positions you. It transcends all barriers. You'll find in Psalms 102, many feel like they're living in verses 1 through 11. But oh, would you go down to verse 12. But you, O Lord, shall endure forever. Let me tell you how they were living. It seemed that there was no answers from God. Seems their face, his face had been hidden from them. Didn't seem like he was hearing and there was no answers coming from heaven. There was a they were personally being consumed by the the very discouragement. Sleepless nights was racking them. They really weren't happy about living. And maybe that's where you feel like you're at. But it's time for verse 12. You will arise and have mercy on Zion for the time to favor her has come. It's time for some jailbreaks. Things that imprisoned. Now the angel of the Lord shall come and turn. Remember the story of Esther. Things were bleak. But it says when her time came. Favour began to change. She was thrusted from the background to the foreground. Dreams that had been delayed are now accelerated. Oh, yes. Because of grace. You see, when favour comes, traditions and protocols are set aside. You wait for the correct situation and circumstances. But when God moved on Esther's behalf, what would have been a moment of death turned into, you know, ages of life. She should have not approached the king. She was not invited, but because it was her time, protocol was set aside. Somebody give the Lord a praise. Amen. Hallelujah. You don't need ideal situations for the grace of God to go ahead and intervene in your life. You just need the favor of God and his set time for you, yes, request was granted. The enemy was shamed. Total victory was given. Now for those who are in a different situation, in John chapter 5, the pool of Bethesda, A man that has sat there for 38 long years. What do we discover? We discover that wherever you are, favor can locate you. Favor can locate you. Brings divine favor and focus and attention on you. Of all the invalids and all of those that were at the pool, and there were many of them, it was a great company. Jesus walks up to the one. Your time has come. Verse Hallelujah. Your time has come. And the favor of the Lord, of course, transformed his life. And all those years of stagnation and unfruitfulness and frustration all gives way didn't make any difference what the limitations of the past were. It had everything to do with the grace of God and the favor of God had planned for his life going forward. And I don't know what your past is. But I'm here to tell you by the word of the Lord that going forward is the favor and the blessing and the goodness of God. Hallelujah. And we are ambassadors of grace. Grace from God to us. Grace from us to us others. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. The grace of God going forward. And now for those who of us who are experienced, we find the story of Peter. Just because we're experienced doesn't mean that we don't have struggles and disappointments. And experience will fail you. Peter was a fisherman of fishermen's. He knew the waters. He knew the techniques. He knew all the ways. But he come up empty. He came up empty. But one favor was just standing on the seashore. Hallelujah. You've been doing the right thing. You've been doing the same thing, and that is good. Do it one more time. Cast it on the other side, he said. Well, let's rationalize here, God. You think I've only been fishing on one side? I know how to move a boat around, try to find out where the fish are at. Doesn't make any difference what the night has brought. When Jesus arrives in the morning, hallelujah, just obey his command because of a set time. I got to quit. Amen. Nobody said amen. I'll keep going. All right. Grace frees you to live with confidence. To live with confidence. And they spoke the word of the Lord with boldness. Stand with me this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God set time to favor, to grant the request, amen. But I believe, I believe with all my heart that unless we live with forgiveness, we will not walk forward into the grace of our future Amen? amen yes we'll have grace but it'll be yesterday's we want grace that's for tomorrow may the god of all grace the god of all grace grace for living is what we're talking about Not just grace, you know what I mean? That you're saved, but grace for living. As we go out, practice grace at home. Practice grace on the highway. Practice grace in the workplace. Practice grace with your wife, your kids. Practice grace with everybody but the devil. All right. Go with God. God's going with you in Jesus name you dismissed. Thank you Lord.